Megan Youth. Oh my God, you're you're like Led Zeppelin. Or- to me, the end of the band. That's all I saw was the end of the band. When I got back on the internet, I saw. Oh my God, it's not just the ending. It's the whole story. I was a little teenager. I never played with another band. I remember my friends say you should try doing another band or whatever. Dave was too intelligent. Dave was an uh, amazing arranger. I think he's a better lyricist than Joe Biafra. I don't give a shit. Let Joe know that. <laughs> I honestly think he is. I mean, we wouldn't do a band after Reagan Youth called House of God. We're no longer youths. We're men. And we're taking on a higher authority. God. These are some of Dave's lyrics. Oh, Father Sky, so mighty high. I sit and wonder why eventually all things must die. Oh, Father Sky, so way up high. I see the clouds above as I wait for transcendental love. I mean, who writes beautiful things like that? You almost cycled back to hippiedom a little bit there. There's um, The New York hardcore scene shunned us. We were part of that initial... I'm not going to say I started New York Hardcore or Dave Insurgent started New York... No, no, no. Yeah. If there's any one person that should get credit for starting New York Hardcore, it's a woman named Denise Mercedes, guitar player for the Stimulators. Harley was the drummer. Harley did not start Hardcore Punk. But Denise Mercedes set new rules. Loud. Fast Rules. That was their best song. Let's play punk rock, but let's play it louder and faster. And that's how hardcore punk got started. Things were going along. Everything seemed nice. And then when Reagan's getting reelected, it's not like Reagan Newt's message is really getting through if Reagan's getting reelected. Dave was somebody you knew from a really long time. He was a big part of what got you into music. All right. In the third grade, uh, uh, when I moved from the Bronx to Queens, read Anthony's Mass thing, put him in a slow, slow um, class. And they said, uh, you know, um, today everyone's going to paint something. We're going to, you know, everyone paint something. And we're going to have, uh, you know, when they put everyone's painting up yeah. on. Uh, and whatever you paint, um, if it has something to do with current events, it's going to help even more. And I remember flipping through the newspaper and this thing called Skylab, predecessor to the um, shut, um, whatever that thing is, the that blew up Challenger The Challenger uh, yeah. Prior to that There was a thing yeah. Called Skylab And I remember Because I seen it In the uh, World Book 1970 When it went up there And I noticed On page 19 Skylab Will be returning to Earth And I drew A really nice Skylab Teacher accused me Right away Of, of tracing, tracing it yeah. And I said How am I tracing it I have like A, a paintbrush yeah. And stuff When my mom Went to school To see the uh, Paintings your painting is there. They gave you the centerpiece. You're the number one painting. You know, like, I didn't realize that. Like, you know, oh, so when they put it, like, right in the front where everyone can see it and not, like, on the side of a wall, like, down the hall, that means you got yeah. the best painting. Bicentennial's coming up. They knock on the door of my class. We want to see Paul Bikia. They took me out of that class, put me into a room with seven other kids from the smart class. They all looked at me like you're a fucking retard except for one person dave came sat next to me talked to me made me feel like i wasn't a pariah like i wasn't a leper reached out and actually was friendly towards me now i became friends with other uh, you know some of those other kids 
But on that day, I knew that this guy, you know, from the smart classes, you know, is someone that I liked, yeah. I respected. He made me feel good. And we just built a friendship. That was what I liked about him. And I guess what he liked about me was my sense of humor. My, uh, I had an older sister that was the hottest girl in the neighborhood. We got to go to Max's Kansas City. They're not going to kick out me and Dave, even though we're 15, because then my hot sister and her <laughs> friends have to leave, and that ain't happening. After a while, they knew us, and they just let us go there. Drinking age was 18 back then, so I was able to go to bars when I was 15. Also, the Ramones, having gone to Forest Hills, yeah. we go to Forest Hills. Yeah. They can go and start a punk band and go out there. Why can't we? And when we did and went to the Lower East Side, played A7, all these places, we are the first band to play a CB's matinee. When we did all that, it was great to leave Queens and go. It was kind of like, you know, we're off to see the Wizard. When it was yeah. with that yellow brick road from your bullshit Queens Regal Park neighborhood down, you know, to Low East Side, playing shows. Dave is really, it's somebody you'd known since you were young. The reason why you got into music and, and was like really kind of the North Star for you. And, and He knew more about music than my sister and she was three years older. And back then, 70s was yeah. white boy rock. You're talking about bands uh, like Yes. Yeah. Eight sold-out shows in ten nights. Eight sold-out shows in ten nights. No scalpers selling tickets. But everyone goes to Madison Square Garden, sells drugs, sells bootleg T-shirts and all that. Then Queen shows up for five nights. Bowie, three nights. There used to be 60 or 70 shows. Uh, Earth, Wind, Fire, three nights. And then Zeppelin, six nights. Pink Floyd, Animals, six nights. I mean, the garden was... Packed, but it, unless you were in that first 20 rows, you were really a nobody. And you're up there, especially when you're a little kid and you're looking at, you know, these tiny little yeah. figures playing guitar. After a while, hey, let's do this punk rock thing where it's a little more, you know, interactive. Per- interactive. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. That interactive grew into the mosh pit where now you have that communal groove going. You and Dave knew each other for a really long time. He was the driving force. You were you were doing what you were doing, but it all sort of filtered through him. And but once once he's gone, yeah. uh, how do you how do you carry on from there? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't. And once he's gone, I mean, forget about Reagan Youth. House of God was the thing that I, I didn't care about Reagan Youth. House of God was what I would put all my energies in. It's the proudest thing I have, you know. And yet he's the driving force. But a lot of times people don't realize that. I mean, his father um, always blamed me for this. If it wasn't for you, my son would have been a doctor or a lawyer. Sometimes you need that part to to you know um, like horsepower one horse running is yeah. one horsepower two horses running four horsepower four horses running 16 horsepower and sometimes that one partner allows you to flourish when he was no longer when the drugs had taken over him I I, could, I, I was empty yeah now when I 
when I logged back on and I moved back in the neighborhood, ran back to the punk rockers. I had a couple of weeks to teach some kids the songs because it was supposed um, someone booked the show without my knowledge, and I said, "Yeah, I'll do it. One last show." And if people just shut up, like, "Ah, eh, you know, it wasn't worth it or whatever," but they said such nasty things. Just because you were in the band for a minute doesn't mean you're a band for a minute. Who the fuck are you? Who are you to you know more? about my band than me you know i played with reagan newton 1994 that, well, 1994 i'm pretty sure you committed suicide that no last gig's 1989 and there's like so much bullshit coming out there i said you know what let me get the old guys let me get i can't get the first drummer he's a professor if i could get javier johnny aztec from volume two al pike from volume one and i'll use this singer and, you know, it went to his head, it didn't last, and I, I couldn't deal with it after three years. The girl I was with pushed me, no, come on, keep doing it. And before you know it, this girl I'm with is, when I'm playing, you know, something, oh my God, tape that, she'll tape it. I'm sure if we had that technology just to taping, me and Dave could have probably had another album. Yeah. You know? But now I have someone who is not like Dave. You know, she's not smart. She can't. She writes lyrics. They're not exactly. But I had that partner again that is. It's, I'm turning her on to music. Yeah. She's turning me on to music. And now all of a sudden, hey, I don't like how the band ended. How about if I may. And uh, American Idiot came out at that time. How, I think punk rock deserves a concept album that it should, you know, uh, you know, deserves a really good concept album. And this year I will be recording an album, uh, Life and Times Revisited, about Dave and Surgeon, Reaganomics, New York City in the 80s, everything. Last song, Altercation at St. Peter's Gate, is basically Dave having committed suicide. And two days earlier, his mom died. And two days before that, uh, his girl died. And he wants to get into heaven in St. Peter, which is like one of those tough bouncers. Nah. So Dave gets everyone who committed suicide, Abby Hoffman, uh, Darby Crash, everyone, let's do the skinhead bum rush and get in there and, you know, uh, I'll have gospel girls. And it'll, it starts with a song, Hapless Misfits, I don't care about my motherfucking father. I don't care about my daddy fucking mother. They never bothered to give me a sister. He's an only child. The only people I consider to be brothers are those hapless misfits throwing a shit fit. I have um, lyrics like, they wanted me to go and be a doctor. Uh, or go and be some lawyer but I just went to school to gain some useful knowledge not to say hey I graduated college cause I'm a hapless misfit and it'll start with Dave and that and then uh, we have a song L'amour et entre mes jambes uh, we both took French you know in junior high and high school and l'amour entre mes jambes means love is between my legs so it's l'amour entre mes jambes means love is between my legs it's not in my heart or my head but love is between my legs again punk rock but hippie like why do hippies 
have the free love. The beginning of the end, I'll know. It's beginning of the end, I'll know. When you tear up all the letters to send, I'll know. It's beginning of the end. When your doormat doesn't say, welcome, friend. And that's like the beginning of our, you know, end with our association when you're a hardcore. I want to do this one last record, you know, to give David a different ending and me a different ending. What do you mean when you say last record? Like, you're you're um, out of the game well, after no, this? Well, no, I mean, like, Reagan, you've only put out two records, yeah. and now uh, I want to do one more. And Dave committed suicide and the band, you know, yeah. reformed, but... How about the band reformed and did an album in honor of their deceased singer and give him like um, a, a proper send off? So this is a Reagan Youth album. A Reagan Youth album. And you know what? Even though people are going to write it's not a Reagan Youth album, yeah. it's still going to, uh, as long as people are talking about it, and there's going to be people. Who is this band? Reagan Youth. I've never heard of them before. I like them. They're not even going to know, but maybe they'll be in, uh, you know. Um, turned on to yeah. what we did last century. But does it feel right doing, calling it Reagan Youth without yes, Dave? Yes, yes, because we're not youths, and we weren't youths when uh, Reagan got elected, and we weren't those cute 16, 17-year-olds. Now we're 20, 21. Reagan's no longer in office, but it is about the life and times of the singer, and I want his band to give him a proper send-off. Yeah. And I asked Al to do it. Not interested. I just want to do all the things that Dave never allowed me to do. Javier, we should be pro-Republican. Goodbye. You know, and you know what? I'd rather play with, with three other guys that say, Paul, I can't wait to make this album with you. When I explained it to Spike, that's why. Oh, now I understand what you mean by this song. What's the through line? He's gone, and it sounds like musically it's something very different. I mean, you know, the, these early albums you're doing, these really fast short songs yeah and it's gonna be fast short songs on this but it's gonna be an epic chords if it's not three chords with the catchy chorus the only thing like all right the lyrics i said to you dave would (laughs) have yeah yeah give me them and then he would have came back with sure shit like i couldn't write that dave Uh, that's amazing yeah i don't have that anymore but you know what i do have i do have three chords I do have catchy choruses, and if I could just get the other band members to help me fill out the rest, it's a collective effort. Again, this girl that ended up um, helping me and inspiring me to play music, everyone needs that. David was going to a new school for film, and he shot these really cool short films. Remember meeting the love of his life, Susan. She used to make the tie-dye Reagan new t-shirts for us. I love those short films he made. Uh, I love the location. I found them. I went out. And that makes sense because Dave just stayed home and got high all the time. I was wondering how he found those places. I did. And you see that when he was with his girlfriend, he could create. When he was with me doing the band, we could create. You need, uh, people need people. 
You know yeah. what I mean? Not everyone's a Lenny Kravitz. I'll play drums, I'll play yeah. bass, I'll do this. And if you can't play in a band first, what makes you think you're going to be able to knock it off as a solo artist? And I'm not interested in having my own Wikipedia. I'm not interested <laughs> in anything except giving David a proper send-off. Closing the book. Uh, well... I also want to do another Reagan New oh. after that one. New York City, I hate your second record sucks. Why'd you do it? Why don't just stop? Dave sang all the songs in one night, two takes, and then was attacked by a drug dealer he owed money to. Had a frontal lobotomy, and that was it. He had to C minus or whatever. It's not that A plus that Dave was wanted. Yet. You know what? When I went out west, you don't like that second. I love that record. What's wrong with that record? I, like the guy shamed yeah. me into liking it. <laughs> and then I would ask kids, what do you think of uh, Volume 2? You mean the metal record? I mean, no one calls it For God or Country or Volume 2. They just call it the metal record. I want to make a real metal record. But still, you, you know, have lyrics that, you know, expose the evils of society or it could be some 70 type metal, but it could also be some like Slayer type. Mm, like, yeah, 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 you know, and you know what? This is a real metal record. Yeah. That was just some unmixed stuff. And when you go on a Wikipedia, does it say Dave sang, you know, just one night and then was attacked? No, all it says is Paul played bass instead of Victor. It's kind of like, you know what, you're reading uh, sports pages and instead of the quarterback took out a gun and killed the other quarterback, it was, you know what, the wide receiver got hurt so they used another wide receiver. Like, what about the real story? You know what I mean? And they're very kind. You know, um, he layered guitars for a more Black Sabbath sound. No, no, no. I did that on the first record. Dave goes back, removes everything he doesn't like. But, yo, I love that little feedback you do. If you listen in Dog We Trust, there's, like, a lot of, like, weird guitar things. It goes in and out. No class. All of a sudden, the solo comes out of nowhere. And there were a lot of things going on there. Dave just listened to what he liked. Got rid of everything else. But it sounds like you're in a good place, both from the standpoint of... of, Yeah. But of them and, and even of the naysayers in that you're really... You're making these last one or two records for yourself. Um, not just, I mean, one, to give David a different ending, and a yeah. second one to show them, yeah, if we wanted to do a metal record, I'll show you how to do a fucking metal record. There you go, that was Paul Bakia of Reagan Youth. Thanks so much to him for taking the time to do that. Thanks to you guys, as always, for listening to this very special bonus episode of R-I-Y-L. If you like the show, there are a number of ways to support us. You can rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L-related information. And that's about it for this episode. Got a new one coming up in the very near future, so stick around because we We'll be back with another episode of R.I.Y.L.